Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Good evening, everyone. Your host, Dustin, here. Uh, and, and in the next yard over, my co-host, Jake Trowbridge. How you doing, Jake? I'm great. You had to think about that. You really had to think about proximity. It's been that long since we've seen each other face-to-face. It really has. I honestly forgot where I lived for just a moment. It, I, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it feels like it's been forever at this point, and I just, I just don't know what to do with myself. You know how much, uh, you know how much I want to jump on your back and uh, and eagle. Yes. So just like much. Turk and JD. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, hold on, Dustin. I think we have to. I think we have to stop and start. Okay. I saw, so it just flashed on mine that it just started recording like five seconds ago. Oh, no. I, I started recording the actual um, stream of our video. Oh, fuck. Instead of okay. just doing the audio. So I've been doing the audio the whole time through uh, through Audacity. So Okay. Um, Let's leave this part in so everybody knows how big of a fucking technology dummy I am. <laughs> <laughs> and we can just, you know, let's acknowledge it. Yes, I suck uh, at audio. Hey, new things. Video. For for those of you behind, we'll, we'll pull the curtain away a little bit here. For those of you out there, we are trying a new streaming uh, option here this week for, for the podcast. So we're using StreamYard this week, um, which you can actually broadcast it out. We could be broadcasting live on our Facebook page right now if we so chose to, um, but I'm not doing I that. Not so choose to. Well, because it's the first time. One step at a time. That's right. Yeah, that's fair. This no, this platform is clearly too fancy for me, uh, or I am not fancy enough for it. However, you want to look at it. But yes, all right, great. Well, I'm glad that we're recording and you guys can hear all of our mm-hmm. all of our stuff, because uh, I would have been really bummed given what I'm drinking this week, which is a real big switch up. And that's a segue, my friend. That is what they call what, it. <laughs> what we are drinking this week. I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing because I'm assuming that as soon as that first hit of beer hits your lips it's all over and then finding oh it is it, 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 it's just it's so sweet once it hits your lips it's nice <laughs> what are you drinking this week Dustin? so i am drinking and and since we're doing video i'll actually show you i am drinking everything eventually from hacienda beer company and i know i had hacienda last week but when i go to our local liquor store they seem to have a new Hacienda every week, so I really like their beer, so I'm going to keep buying it. Keep those good times rolling. Yes. Why, so Why would you? Here's the thing. I don't, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I do want to repeatedly drink the same type of tasty beer uh, over and over again, which yeah. is not beating a dead horse so much as... As tasting the nectar of a unicorn. That's right. So this is a citra dry hopped juicy pale ale coming in at 5.9%. Oof. Yes. So it's a very easy drinking beer. I'm very excited about it. Mine this week is a complete departure. It's just been one of them weeks. Let's be honest. It's been one of them weeks for me, so I had to go with something a little bit more potent uh, and exotic and fanciful. Like Joe Exotic? no, uh, oh, God damn it, no. <laughs> I might be one of 18 people on planet Earth that has not watched that show nor has any intention to oh, watch it. Oh, you that should show. watch it. I've only watched like three episodes so far, and it is fantastic. 
I don't want it. Don't don't put that on me. Uh, I don't want it. You're missing out on one what of the I, better things in life. I don't know. What I do want is one of the best things in life that's in my hand right now, which is a margarita. Uh, me and the missus, we ordered in earlier this week. Not only did we order in tacos, which are great. Oh, it's a good they choice. They along a little margarita kit with a full-size bottle of, of nice, uh, let's say, mid-grade tequila. Oh, and, very uh, A full-size yeah, bottle? Yes. Oh, yes, nice. And uh, an orange sort of citron, whatever, whatever you typically mix with Triple stuff, sec. Which I didn't know. An orange liqueur. That's what it is, an orange liqueur. Uh, I went ahead and blended that shit up with some mangoes. Nice. Uh, again, just to really take the fanciness all the way up. I don't know how much the ABV of this is, but a lot. <laughs> hey, that's all that matters. When you're having a rough week, you just you do whatever is going to make it better. Uh, that's the, that's the nectar of the gods right there. And do you know what else makes it better other than drinking? Talking okay. fantasy football. Yes. Oh my God! Both parts of our show. I see how you did. Crazy. That. You know how there's always that part in a movie where they seem of the movie. You know, and it's like they almost give a, a gym from the office look to camera. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what you just did right there, and I appreciated it. Ah, you're welcome. Speaking of the office, we're going to talk about it once we uh, get off the air here, because I've got some things to say. Oh, oh my. Okay. All oh, good, but it's just discussion for uh, after the podcast. Ooh, it's drinking and talking after dark. That's right. Uh, let's talk about one of my favorite things of all time which is this segment our drunk 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 hammer drunk 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 trade of the week so this week our drunk trade uh we found on twitter uh, from at Dynasty Outhouse, you may know him from the Trade Addicts podcast, uh, which you, if you haven't listened to it, give it a listen. Uh, it's awesome. It's fun. Uh, I, it's, it's one of my can't miss podcasts. I, I look forward to it every week. So uh, his drunk trade was DJ Moore for the 107 and the 202. And there's no context for this. But it just said in big, bold letters with a lot of exclamations, drug trade. And so I said, yes, we need to talk about this. So if um, I did listen to this like episode, so if I, rem- like if, if I remember correctly, um, uh, Dynasty Outhouse actually got the uh, DJ Moore side, if I'm remembering correctly. Let's go with that. I'm going to say right off of the bat. I'm not the biggest DJ Moore fan, given what has happened in Carolina these days. I was Mm -hmm. very high on him prior to the signings of Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson. I am a little bit more lukewarm on this, so I I kind of see this as a very even trade. I don't think it's ridiculous at all. No, I think it's very even, um, especially given the fact that DJ Moore is more of the underneath receiver he is not the streak down the field Robbie Anderson or Curtis Samuel guy he's more of the underneath uh, route runner so I don't think that really if with Teddy being there affects what DJ Moore is gonna do per se and DJ Moore had just ridiculously low touchdowns last year which should regress more to the mean this year we hope yeah I would think uh, and especially given how deep this this rookie class is as well 
coming in that the 107 and the 22 I mean those that's not uh, or that's good good value you're gonna get two solid players right there regardless I do think it's good value I think I actually after after consideration and you're you're wooing me there uh, I think I would side with the DJ Moore side uh, because of a what you said with the underneath throws but also because I'm getting more and more nervous about the shortened offseason programs mm-hmm. and so all in- your rookie could uh, look a little worse than we expect mm-hmm. in that first year or at least the first few games uh, and typically wide receivers they uh when they switch teams that first year is a down you know quote unquote down year for them anyway so yep. with Robbie Anderson coming in I don't know that how much that affects him DJ Moore that is eh, just a run down the field catch it he's Brandon Cooks I don't worry about Brandon Cooks switching teams so I don't worry about Robbie Anderson switching teams quite as much I, I worry about it just because of who his quarterback is uh, fair enough but not, not because of the team switcheroo there fair enough so um, moving on here since unless you have something else to say about the the drunk trade I could talk for hours about each and every drunk trade that passes our desk, as it were, uh, except for this one, because this one, again, it seems pretty much honestly fair. I can't even put out a, a rating system for this. Like, what? How many, how many shots of tequila in was this drunk trade? I'd say maybe one. You know, you just feel it. You got one, it in your system. You maybe two. It. Yeah. You're, feeling, you're, you're ready to wheel and deal, but you're not... Uh, you know, you're not out of your mind. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So we uh, will move on to our main event here shortly. Uh, we are talking AFC North Divisional Breakdown, continuing our Divisional Breakdown series. We have some very special guests, plural, tonight. Uh, we're very excited about that. Uh, we have Michelle and Kate of the Ball Blast podcast. We're back with our special guests for this week, uh, Michelle and Kate from the Ball Blast podcast. Good evening, ladies. Hi. Michelle and Kate Majuk. I was so proud of myself. I figured it out. How to say it, I know. And I I wanted to be the one to say it. You have a round of applause sound effect because I think you've earned it. We're going to find one. Oh, absolutely. Dustin, edit that in. Oh, absolutely. It's done. Okay, perfect. Uh, Yeah, you you deserve a round of applause. Thank you guys so much for having us on. This is awesome. Because the weird thing is we love drinking and football. So It's almost like you guys were meant for this podcast. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Is this our first time actually talking on even video with each other? I think so. I'm pretty sure it is. That is wild because I feel like I know you. Like, I know you're cool. That's yeah, you do. The reason that you know my core for the listeners is that we are in a dynasty league together. And you know my core because you know the worst of me, which is uh, the trades that I send on a regular basis. So, so bad. Once you know somebody's worst trade, you know them deeper than I think their own mothers. When you, nice. when you send me a trade, I always roll my eyes and I go, Kate, how bad is this going to be? <laughs> well, last night I think the question was, uh, we're playing a drinking game. What the fuck else? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to swear. No, um, it's it's all anything goes here, so that's fine. Uh, what the fuck else are we supposed to do? This is a quarantine, people. Like, what are you supposed to do except drinking games, Netflix, Hulu, 
Um, but a lot of the, the times it goes drinking and Netflix, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. or like, like make it drinking I need to do more Dynasty startups because like, I don't know what else to do. It, this is absolutely nuts. So like, that's all we've been doing. And we were playing a drinking game last night, watching a film, which was super fun. Evaluating rookies. And you, I think, set a trade. Like, no, it was it, Mike. It was Mike. Oh, it was you Mike. and Mike are equal in terrible trades. But I was like, you have to drink five sips. This, I told Kate, you to drink five sips if this trade makes me laugh. And I started dying laughing. It wasn't even like played. It was so bad. So I went to the Ricky game, though. Yeah, I like that. Drink if the trade was like, oh, okay. If it was like, come on. Like, I had to take a couple sips. And if it, if she literally laughed out loud, Five sips. So you should start doing that. And I did, and she did laugh out loud. So it was five sips. Look, if you guys tell me when you're playing this, I will, I will real creative with some of the trades that I can send out. If you <laughs> think that my trades can't get worse, ask Dustin. We were in a dynasty league as well, and I think it was pretty much auto reject. Like every every three trades. I, I think there was a couple that actually uh, took a few seconds to think about it, but yeah, you sent some pretty terrible ones to me. <laughs> Can I ask you guys about a trade? So I got an offer today, um, my 2021 first, and uh, who was it? I don't know. You're the one telling the thing. Oh, yeah, AJ Brown. Yeah, AJ Brown, 2021 first for Odell Beckham Jr. and Keelan Cole. Smash accept. I really like Odell. That's why I have him in our league. I really like Odell for a bounce back. Giving up A.J. Brown and a first. And a first, yeah. Keelan Cole? That's a slap in the face. At least give me a third rounder. (laughs) Justin, I don't know your perspective, but from my end, it's like, well, let's just put Keelan Cole on there because I'm going to dump this guy anyways. I might as well put him in a trade. Here you go. Well, that would be fine if there was another piece involved, but just just Odell and Keelan Cole, no, I would reject that. It was an auto reject. Like you were not drunk enough to accept that trade. I would never Speaking be drunk. Speaking of, we have been bearing the lead here for far too long, and that's my bad because I interrupted Dustin. Dustin, get us into the meat here. We need to hear some things from these two that are not just about me and my bad trades. Yes. Yeah, so why don't you uh, why don't you two introduce yourselves? Give us a little. Uh, I know we we gave your your podcast here on the lead, but tell us a little bit about that and and what you're all about. Yeah. Um, I'm Kate. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And you can find me, Michelle, at BallBlastM. BallBlastDM. I always yeah. have to. It's, it's, yeah, like, because it's not like, mm, it's M. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have BallBlast, a fantasy football podcast, one word, um, because we help you blast the balls of your league mates all year round. Dynasty League, Superflex, Redraft. We cover a little bit of everything, general NFL commentary, um, we like to have fun. We we have some drinking bets occasionally. We uh, we debate. We, we debate. bring in guys to blast their balls. It's literally what's the segment called? Blast his balls. Blast his balls. Yes. Uh, and uh, we have some serious debates on there, but it's a fun time. La- uh, we had Jason Moron last year. Who? It almost sounds like I called him Jason Moron. <laughs> no, Jason, <laughs> Jason Moron. He said that Sammy Watkins was going to be a top fifteen wide receiver, which. We clearly won that, but yeah, you clearly. Know, you were correct in your first uh, misspeaking of his name. Come on, Jason. Come on. <laughs> but you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere. Really, listen to your podcast. You can find us on Ball Blast. One word. One word. We have fun. Nice. 
yes. So go definitely check check them out. Uh, it's a good show. I've listened to it multiple times. Love it. So keep right. up the good work. Um, so what are you two drinking tonight? So we have Arsenal Cider. Um, it's a Pittsburgh local. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, the listeners can't see this, but oh, yeah. so they give you these cute little growlers, um, write your name on nice. it, and they say uh, a sergeant or general, whatever, and they write the, the name of your thing. It's very, like, old school. There's, like, guns in the logo and stuff. Um, best cider I've ever had. Oh. They're all, like, eight and a half percent and, like, but they haven't dropped. That makes a good cider. Yeah, they do. They have dry eyes, so like I'm about to make my next cider drink because I this is my first one. Uh, I brought a little OJ, and it's gonna be like a. It's kind of like champagne. The dry. Wait, wait. I was fully on board when you guys said nine percent cider. I said that's for me. That sounds fantastic. And now I'm hearing all these cider drinks like I'm in a chumba woman oh, no. song, like you're going to mix it. <laughs> and now it's being mixed with orange juice and then these other cutter. What's happening? Fresh for color. For color. But okay. mine will not be. Mine is a little bit sweeter. Um, so I'm just drinking it. Can I make a point, though? So we are in Pittsburgh, right. Pennsylvania. And the liquor store market in, in Pittsburgh is owned by all the, like, all the same liquor stores or the same liquor store. They're all it's it's a monopoly you could say and they closed down for the uh COVID-19 situation and you just can't buy wine or anything anywhere oh that is sad so <laughs> I can't drink champagne which is like my favorite drink we can buy beer we can buy beer and seltzers like white cloth that's it because we have beer distributors Oh, oh, right. But you just can't go to the actual liquor stores. You can't go yeah. get the hard stuff. Exactly. Come down to our level, <laughs> which is just drink a beer with mellow white claws. Well, they don't, and they also don't like you can't get wine. Like, you can't, I can't even get a box of Franzia. Okay, we don't drink wine. We don't but not she just said that she can't have her mimosas on Saturday morning. Yeah, it's Saturday. This is the closest I can get. Dustin, what's your favorite part about Wisconsin right now? That the liquor stores are considered essential. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna put it out there. I, I look, I, I'm not putting anything against Pittsburgh right here and right now, uh, other than the fact that that is bonkers. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's, it's always really hard to buy alcohol in PA. So like, you can't just go to the grocery store and they have alcohol, or go to the gas station and have alcohol. They don't have that. You have to find a beer distributor to get beer. And then you have to go to the liquor store to get your liquor. Like they're separated. It's a pain in the butt. And because of that, I don't want to live in that world. Prices of our beers considerably. How much is a twelve? Pa- we'll let you go- get on with your show. Sorry. How much is a twelve pack of White Claw in your state? I'll uh, look. I'll be honest. As the only White Claw drinker in here, Dustin. I, yeah. Look, man. That's fair. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. I don't care. I don't need to define myself to you anymore. I love White Claw. I would say it's like 13 bucks for a yeah. Oh, my God. $23 here. Woo. $23. That is bonkers. Yeah, when we drive through Ohio. Is it part of a Willy Wonka contest? Like, is there golden tickets distributed oh, throughout? No. That's why they're so much more expensive. Guilt and despair and an empty bag. He does not want you to drink. So. No, they make it impossible. The first night we moved here, we... 
went to Rite Aid and we asked if that's um, too many. <laughs> hey, we're drinking and talking fantasy football. We take both of those things seriously. That's right. Fantasy football, then. Let's go. All right, Justin, kick us off. All right, so we are talking AFC North uh, this week as part of our divisional breakdown. So um, why don't we start with uh, your team of choice here, the Steelers. So um, basically we will talk, you know, what their current roster makeup is, kind of free agency moves they've made, any trades, cuts, what you feel like uh, draft needs could be uh, throughout the division. So, um yeah, why don't we start with your Steelers? Um, how are you feeling about them? I'm feeling better about them as a an NFL team than I am about owning any fantasy pieces. Mm-hmm. So the, I, I think the best value you can get on the team uh, for 2020 is Deontay Johnson. No one has any respect for this rookie, and he did just as well as any other rookie this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't have the splash games that A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf had, but he was very consistent. He was a rookie playing without an NFL caliber starting quarterback, and he actually looked really good. He, mm-hmm. he looked really solid. He has ran his routes like so crisp. His hands were beautiful. I think that was the the thing that set Deontay Johnson apart. He wasn't he wasn't given great balls to work with. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, nice. And then, I'm being honest. Both of us are. Yeah, I. Um, I, like it was all him and I, I hate to rely on guys that um, strictly create their own plays because you do want them to be put in a position for success with their quarterback but um, all but things ben, out of- ben was raving about him in the offseason right so he was saying like how well he came in and he looked so good for a rookie and then he had the most receptions out of any rookie this year and people are just like throwing him away in dynasty leagues for nothing and I think he's a great value not only in Dynasty, but he's going to go so late in redraft, and I actually think he could be a really good value there. Uh, and then Ben's coming back, so hopefully all of the wide receivers can do better this year. I already own Deontay Johnson in most of my Dynasty leagues, but he's one of those guys that if you're trading with the Deontay Johnson owner, I feel like you can squeeze him in as a throwaway piece. Like, you know, you're like, oh, I'm on the fence. I, I might do this trade. I just need, like, one more little piece and just to set the scales right. I feel like Deontay Johnson is a guy that people just aren't high enough on. That sneak him in. Sneak him in as a tertiary part of your trade. Don't make him a little point. bit of your guy. Like, sneak him in there. Sneak I him in. I like it. I did not know that he led the Steelers in targets, first of all, which blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, he always seemed like when I watched the games – it's like he was a deep ball guy, or that's always how it seemed like a big play guy. He got a lot of nice big plays, which was great. But I didn't realize how consistent he was, despite the whole quarterback turnstile garbageness that was there last year. I'm very curious to hear what you guys think about Juju with Big Ben back. Does that give him any sort of leg now? Are you back on 2018 version of Juju, or are you closer to 2019 version? I mean, we were both ridiculously high on him in the offseason, so he definitely hurt us a bit. And I'm not as high, but I still think he's an easy top 10 wide receiver for Dynasty, and maybe even he should be considered there for redraft as well. He only got to play one game with Ben, right? And it was a 75-yard game against Stephon Gilmore. Like, that's pretty good. Like, I'll get, like, I'll take that. And then in Seattle, Ben played for half a quarter hurt. He got hurt in the New England game. We don't even know how early, and he tried to play in Seattle. So mm-hmm. it's like, 
He never got to play with them. And then no one talks about how Juju had turf toe pretty early on in the season, struggled with that forever. And then he hurt his knee when he came back from the turf toe and he barely and he was concussed and he barely played. Like he was hurt all year long. So I don't really think it's fair to say that he, he's going to be bad moving forward. Like, yes, he was a massive disappointment. Not going to say he wasn't, but I still think there's tons of potential there with him and with Ben back, he'll be fine. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think he should continue to absorb a, a ton of targets. And honestly, that was sort of the issue. Like, I don't think any of these quarterbacks in Pittsburgh this year felt comfortable throwing to him for whatever reason. He wasn't getting targets. He wasn't being used. Like, he should be getting a lot of targets. He's your wide receiver one. Um, not like I, there were literally guys that were on the field, and I was like, who? Who the hell is that guy? Like, I'm like the biggest Steelers fan, and I don't even know who these guys are because they were just promoted from the practice squad that squad that week. Like, they're these guys are getting targets over Juju, and it's insane. I think it does speak to. Um, maybe his health, but definitely the rapport that uh, they, I guess, didn't have with one another in terms of... But if he fumbles away one more game, I'm going to have to question. Okay, but it was... That was Don't you do it. And then he fumbled in overtime to lose against the Ravens last year. Like, stop fumbling the ball and lose us the game. Like, it's both times he's lost. Literally fumbling away your hearts every time that he's in a big situation. <laughs> now, what if, if Pitts, we've seen some, some uh, tweets, some Instagram posts that, uh, you know, Antonio Brown, like, he loves, he loves Pittsburgh, like, he wants to reconcile, sort of like that seems to be the tone of things. What if we see Antonio Brown back in Pittsburgh? Like, it might happen. Justin, over I under. Don't... Okay, I'm going to give you a percentage chance that that happens. I'm just curious. Twenty-five percent. Oh, I'll take the under all day long. <laughs> I don't know how Antonio Brown goes to a team that is not super desperate for wide receivers. I mean, like, I could see him going somewhere because somebody and, needs to sign him. And he'll and take the minimum. Like that, that he, he hated on Ben so hard afterwards and tweeted about him and ridiculed him. There's no way Ben's like, yeah, let's bring him back. Like, that's never mm-hmm. happened. Um, wait, can we acknowledge the fact that everybody thought they would wel- or the, the Patriots would welcome Antonio Brown back? He literally called out their owner. We're going to a massage parlor. You cannot, you cannot undo that. <laughs> I will say though, Amy is not a Steelers, so we shouldn't be talking about him. He's not even in the. Oh, oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> okay, so you guys didn't get to see that, but what I just got to saw, I just got to see somebody almost lose an eye and turn into a legitimate pirate <laughs> right now. That's fantastic. That just got um, to be very wet. <laughs> <laughs> we just get so excited talking about the Steelers that. Things just come up to the surface. Way. I was going to say, Wait, can we explain what just happened? Oh, she opened the bottom of uh, the, the cider. But anyways, I was going to say, Juju, right? I didn't think the Steelers let him walk next year. So I don't think anyone should be worried about, okay, he only has a year or two left with Ben. I think you have to be worried about what team he goes to next. Um, because I don't think the Steelers pay him. It's just, really? I don't even think we should, honestly. I love Juju more than, more than anything. But if Ben's going to retire... We already saw Juju can't make it really a difference for your team. I don't want to go pay a wide receiver $18, $20 million a year because that's what he's going to demand, like Amari Cooper. And I think there's a clear difference between Amari Cooper and Juju, though. Like, 
Juju hasn't up numbers Juju hasn't shown an ability to be a number one wide receiver yet. Okay, but if he puts up numbers this year, obviously if he sucks again and we can pay him ten million, then fine. But I, I do think if he if he does really good this year, right, and he puts up twelve hundred plus yards, I, I think the Steelers let him walk. We always let wide receivers walk, except for Antonio Brown. Well, it's so we're going to Big Ben test right now. So this year, it's how do you look with Big Ben again? Uh, if you get back to form, then all of a sudden, are you considered a top 12 guy? Not just for fantasy, but in the league. But you're you're suggesting that there's no way that he hangs on for a follow-up contract in Pittsburgh. So we should be hoping and crossing our fingers that he just goes to Philadelphia next year, I guess, with everybody else. Yeah, I don't love that with once, but maybe. I, I'm like, I don't love once enough, and I know. I will say the one way Juju sticks, right? Let's say the Steelers make it to the AFC Championship game or something, and we just miss it, and Ben's coming back for his last year. Then I think they try to bring Juju back because if you have a chance to win the Super Bowl, I think you got to do it. So what do you think about uh, Roethlisberger? Is he going to come back uh, totally healthy, ready to go here once the season fires up? or? I'm, I think more concerned than Michelle. If I, yeah, I'm not concerned. If I read our, uh, just our conversations correctly. Um, I, I do think that, you know, everything we've seen so far has been pretty positive. You know, mm-hmm. he's uh, surpassed the tennis ball and he's throwing, uh, you know, real high school football. So <laughs> super exciting there. And I mean, that was the, the little step. I think Andrew Luck was throwing high school footballs, what, like two months before the season? I think before like two mm-hmm. weeks. It was like was so it two long. weeks? Yeah, it was, it was pretty quick before the uh, season started there that all of a yeah, sudden like, he was throwing the Duke. And... The Duke. <laughs> yeah, he was throwing the Duke. It's all fine now. He's throwing the Duke. So Ben is. Has he gone full Dukey? Is he still going halfway? I don't, I don't even know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But it only was March when he was throwing the football, and it doesn't really matter what size of it is yet. If it's only March, but he can work his way up. He said he was throwing forty balls a day. I mean, that's a good sign. Um, and he's. I know everyone wants to make fun of him because he does the whole like, oh, I'm injured, and then he plays and he does fantastic. He loves it. Like I get it. He loves that glory. He loves but the he, drum. He is. <laughs> but he, he can recover, and he can play through it. So I do think he comes back. Um, I'm not worried about the weight. He's been that his whole career, and that's what keeps him, like, <laughs> possible to sack. Like, there'll be three guys draped around him. He's like, I'm too fat to take that. Like, it doesn't matter. And, like, why would we want him to be this skinny stick? Like, that's never been him. I'm cool with him being fat. That's fine. But aren't you worried about the wobbly factor? Like, what's his legs and his feet and his ankles go. Then it's just a matter of you just got to push him. You just got to push him. <laughs> but is are you at all concerned about the whole walking boot saga of Ben Roethlisberger, which has been like his last five-year term, it feels like. We can't stop talking about the walking boot. Is it going on? Is it coming off? It feels like it's on and off since the Super Bowl against the Packers. But, um, yeah, like he's throwing very well, but is he going to be able to hold up on the sounds – weird and gross but on the lower half is it going to be able to hold up i think he is i think he'll be fine he's been pretty healthy lately besides the elbow like so there was like a few years there where it felt like his ankles were just always about to break um but i do think over the last few years he's been perfectly healthy especially like his legs and ankles um it's just a really random elbow injury um i don't think that's something that will like keep happening no, I don't. I don't know that there's a chance of it recurring, and I'm not super familiar with like the actual mechanism of injury. But I, I think if it's fully healed, great. But I also worry about just what a year out of football will do. 
do to a guy. Well, people are like, well, Bradshaw, this is how his career ended. It's like, okay, cool. A lot of guys back in forever ago, when they got ACLs, their career has ended. Mm -hmm. Like, medicine is... 1910s, during Prohibition, everybody (laughs) had to undergo this type of surgery at one point and lose their their career to it. Yeah, I totally... I do get that. Um, Okay, really, my biggest question now besides, like, obviously the wide receiver group, is James Conner. What do mm-hmm. we do with James Conner for fantasy? I don't know. I rotate every other day. It's I want to buy James Conner, and then I want to stay as far away from him as possible. Well, I know that the, I know there's been chatter the last uh, week or so about the Steelers possibly drafting a running back fairly high this year, so I don't know how that all plays into it and what your feeling is on that. Okay, so I have pretty strong feelings about the draft, but I'll get to that, to that in a second. But, Jake, I'm totally with you. Like, I go look at James Conner. I'm like, ooh, I should go buy him. I'm like, ugh, ooh, should I? Like, I can never decide. And I think if I knew he was going to stay healthy, which is impossible to know because he can't, I would go buy him. I, I think he's clearly the Steelers starter next year. It's just can he stay healthy? Because when he did stay healthy in PPR leagues, he was fantastic. He really was. He averaged, like, 14 points a game. And that's including, like, that's counting 10 games played. He only played eight. He played like 11% of two games. (laughs) Like, he killed you because you started him and he played for five seconds. Um, But that's 14 points per game with 10 games, and it was really only eight. So he was fantastic. It's just his body just doesn't seem to be able to hold up. Now, with the draft, I'll let you talk in a second, sorry. And (laughs) draft, um, with the whole Steelers are drafting a running back, well, yeah, like 20-plus teams draft a running back in the draft. That's going to happen. We have Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell in the backfield, and they showed when Connor went down, our running game completely stopped. It was terrible. So, yes, they will draft a running back. I, I don't think it's going to be with our first pick, which is in the second mm-hmm. round. We don't have a regular third pick. So that means if we're going to draft a running back, it's going to be at the 102. That is insanely late. And I don't get why that guy, that's the earliest we can go, right? And that guy with no offseason program, really, like a very short one, is going to somehow steal James Conner's shop. Like, that's not going to happen until Conner gets hurt. So he's the Will Fuller of running backs. It's, if healthy, if healthy, you want him in your lineup, want to start him, right? Great. But he's going to have those couple of games when he gets injured in games, and they're going to be super bummed because then he goes down and he burns you for those couple of games. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, like the, I like the thought. It makes me sad, but yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just the shit out of me, but yeah. He wants to be Will Fuller. Will Fuller doesn't want to be Will Fuller right now. He wants to be healthy and fine and on the field. Will Fuller's going to listen to this podcast and he's going to be like, oh, man. If I could, if I tallied the number of complaints I got from Will Fuller already about this podcast, Uh, it would be like a dozen. That guy just wants to bitch and gripe about everything. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm sure Will Fuller is an amazing person. I truly... I, I wish him nothing but the best. I don't know where all that vitriol came from. All of well, if you're listening, yeah, we, we like you. Um, <laughs> I actually, I, again, have more concern than Michelle. I'm the more anxious person in a relationship, so maybe that's just why I have that sort of, you know, I, I'm always a little... Um, so when we, Michelle and I actually went to the NFL Combine, we didn't go into the Combine, but uh, we scouted the streets of of Indy and got some names of some bars where some NFL peeps would go. Um, and we actually had some interesting conversations. We met up with a couple of 
uh, Steelers beats reporters who actually were pretty bullish on the idea. And this was long before, who was it, Andrew Filippini? How do you say his name? Filippini, I don't know. I don't know how you say his name, but like long before I think he started tweeting out that that the Steelers were going to draft a running back early, we heard that all talk at the combine among all the beat reporters. So I don't I don't know. I, do I think it would be a smart move? No. Is early the second round? There's only there's only one choice for it to be early. They have one pick with early the second round. Right. The third round pick is basically a fourth rounder. So who are they taking there? I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn, great, I love him, but he's not stealing Connor's job without Connor getting injured. Yeah, it's know. just another Jalen Samuels coming into the fold, potentially. Yeah. Like, yeah. really, that's what you're worried about, I guess. Remember Benny yeah. Snell was going to steal Connor's job and he couldn't even do it when Connor was hurt, like, all year long? That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I still love Benny Snell in a weird way, and I don't know why, and I don't have him on any teams. It's not because I'm trying to rack it up his price here. I just really love Benny Snell, and I won't apologize for it. Don't ask me to, Dustin. I won't do it. All right, one last thing here before we move on from the Steelers. How do you feel about uh, Eric Ebron signing with the team? Good for fantasy or just a good uh, NFL move in general? Love it for the team. We don't have to spend a draft pick on it now. It was a massive hole. It's not a fantasy. Yeah, I do not like fans at all, and it (laughs) bums me out so much. For the listeners, we actually, me and Michelle, have a bet uh, about whether or not Vance McDonald will make the roster on the Steelers. Ooh. I still believe so. They restructured him, which looked like a really good sign for me, for a team good guy here, to maybe come out <laughs> on top of this bet. But every day I'm still, like, really nervous. It's gonna be a matter of time before they're like, like a, a month before the season. They'll they'll probably cut him. I couldn't believe they restructured him. Like, we could have saved $7 million, a team that has no money, and we probably could have went inside Winston then at that point for a backup role. But now that we wanted to keep our terrible tight end that's never healthy he's basically he's james connor if james connor sucked as a running back right like if when james connor's healthy he sucked and we still kept him even though he was always hurt that's what uh Vance McDonald is Oof. Oof. yeah that was a little harsh nah he's so bad so I does ebron even, <laughs> even sniff sniff top 12 for fantasy tight ends at this point I think it's pretty easy to if he got yeah. like seven times seven touchdowns, he's probably a top twelve tight end. Which I think like it, you know, Ben isn't necessarily opposed to using the tight end. He just doesn't have them very often. Like he doesn't have a guy capable of making big plays. Honestly, I think this all rests on Ebron's shoulders. Does he want to be a Steeler? Does he like the Steelers culture? It sounds so, right now they sound like their best buds. Like, yeah, after the time of their life, Ben and Ebron. So who knows? Maybe if, they can be a great duo. Yeah, if this is like a good fit for Ebron, I think that it rests more on Ebron and not the system. You know, if the targets, the targets are going to be there. It's Big Ben. He wants to throw the ball. Um, I think it's just a matter of how much effort is Ebron going to put into it. There were lots of reports about, um, you know, Ebron sort of putting out on the team, not making his full effort, which. I wouldn't do it either if I was playing with your Kobe for You are. Rude. Rude. Yeah, everybody, take a drink on that one. I'll just say, Ebron's best year, right, was 750 yards. And if he gets that with the Steelers, I'd be shocked, shocked. But he could maybe get 600 and 700 yards. He just is going to need those 13 touchdowns that he got to make him so fantasy relevant. There's a lot of guys there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of guys opting for those touchdowns so exactly. it'll be interesting to see how it's dispersed for sure yeah 
All right. Any any last thoughts on the Steelers here before we move on? No, I'll stop torturing now. I'll just say Big Ben is a great value in Superflex Dynasties. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterback three the last time he was healthy. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, so should we move on to the bottom dwellers of the uh, division? Talk about the Bengals for a little bit? Are, we talking, are, you, better? Better? are you trying to coddle our guests right now, Dustin? Is that what this is all about? Oh, never. I would never pander that way. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so with the Bengals, we know – in theory, who they're going to be drafting uh, for the future here with the first overall pick? Um, how do you, how do you feel about the quarterback of the future there for the Bengals? Assuming that actually happens, I hope they mess it up. <laughs> I hope they take, I hope they take uh, Tua or Herbert or just like do something stupid and trade down. But I think it's going to be Burrow, and I'm jealous. I think it's going to be great. Uh, yeah, I, I mean the talent is like absolutely unreal. When I'm watching Joe Burrow, I feel like I'm watching a professional quarterback. Like, I, and I feel like that's incredibly rare when you're looking at college quarterbacks because they look so collegiate, mm-hmm. and that's not a compliment. Like, you just look like you're in college. Like Burrow, he he is so confident in the pocket. He's mobile. He can really do it all. He he reads the field well. Like, he just looks so ready to be out there on an NFL field and. I don't like that's just something that you can't I really say for a lot of quarterbacks I think it's going to be a, a good fit but I don't like the fact that the Bengals are stirring things up a little bit with EJ Green like I think you want your quarterback your rookie quarterback to have a very happy wide receiver one not a held a gun to his head mm-hmm. held for hostage wide receiver one because I think that's that's sort of going to be the key in, in Burrow taking that big step in his first season. I get, I, or I understand why they did it because you really want a good veteran presence there, especially with the wide receivers that can, can lead the the rest of the group because they are fairly young. Um, you know, so I, I understand why they did it, but yeah, it, it seemed pretty clear that he didn't necessarily want to stay there and he was hoping to go to probably more of a contender um, since he is in the quote-unquote twilight of his career, um, yeah, you're about to you're about to head out. I get it. you want to make the most of um, you know whatever short time you probably have in the NFL because you know injuries have been an issue. So you want to maximize your time, and I don't think the best way to maximize your time is to start fresh with a, a new quarterback, mm-hmm. and a rookie quarterback. So I, I get the move, like the Bengals. It's it, it's a perfectly understandable move, but. Billy needs to go and trade for AJ Green. Ooh, that's what needs to happen. Billy needs to trade for everybody. But yes, I would especially <laughs> like to see AJ Green over there. I'm worried about AJ Green sticking in Cincinnati with the O line. I'm worried about Joe Burrow. I'm worried about all of the fantasy assets in Cincinnati with the offensive line, mostly because of now the the perceived shortening of the offseason program. It's like offensive lines need time to gel. Those guys need to be able to work as a group, and if they don't have that time to do that, it doesn't matter how many pieces you add or try to add to it. It could end up really, really hurting the confidence of Joe Burrow, number one. Although I don't like, I don't think it'll really be that big of a concern. I'm sure he can shake it off. But I really do think it's going to be tough to just have come in and nominate like a lot of people are expecting to right away. So Joe Mixon... Like, I'm kind of 
I'm off of Joe Mixon because so many people are so high on Joe Mixon that the cost ratio is just like not there for me. I can't go get him anywhere. And I'm just worried about that. Is, that. is there anybody on that team that you're legitimately, that people are valuing that you're worried about? Are you worried about Burrow? Are you worried about Green, Mixon, et cetera? I won't have a Bengal on any of my rosters. And They're all going so high. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Burrow definitely, like, why would, I don't, so, right? Burrow's going to make everyone on that team better immediately somehow like he's a rookie and that's just not going to happen immediately you thinking that all these players are going to be better in 2020 because of burrow instead of andy dolan who is a very solid quarterback like people forget he went like five straight seasons bringing them to the playoffs yes lately it's been terrible but i don't think that's all andy dolan's fault like the team is they've had a lot of trash and the coaching was not great there for a long time yeah and so i just i don't know that burrow like changes anything immediately obviously he can change something down the road but a guy like joe mixon everyone's so high on a dynasty it's like his contract expires after this year and a lot of running backs aren't getting re-signed mm-hmm. so maybe he goes to a better team but who knows and if you're counting on burrow to like fix his career because dude is always goes in the top 10 of running backs and never produces there and like so i just tweeted today his fantasy points per touch right 0.7 0.87 good year i guess kind of it's still very low for a top 12 running back and then uh, 2019.72 uh, fantasy points per touch and that might not mean much to you but like if you're comparing them to the top guys in the league they're all above 1.0 or 0.9 higher so it's like that's really low and he has some good games but he has so many terrible games and you can use any excuse you want right offensive line like i just don't think he's as good as everyone thinks he is um, but if you want to use offensive line and the the offensive pieces then fine but that's not changing like it's not changing immediately with a, a snap of your fingers i'll use an analogy that i know that you will appreciate michelle which is the, it's, he's cam Akers, but on a pro level it's just no no you guys he is really good he just hasn't had the opportunity yet because the whole line is awful he doesn't have the right pieces around him and it's like yeah you can make that you can make that a one-year excuse you get one year to use that excuse but after that you have to bail on that you have to reassess who this guy is what his situation is and is it changing like you said maybe maybe he goes to a better team that can utilize him better that can allow him to be more efficient or maybe this crop of running backs like where we are with running backs right now maybe they just don't get second chances like we want them to mm-hmm. not everybody's going to get that you know todd Gurley lucked out by going to atlanta for yeah. a second hurrah not everybody's going to be that guy so that's interesting and he's considered a top five running back in dynasty and he never has been he's never never going to be but he's considered a top five running back i, I just don't get it like he's like the robbie the anderson of running backs yeah like, and never I met that potential but like still every year we expect this level of production always end up down here no, he's mm-hmm. no he's shut Stephane. up Stephane. <laughs> <laughs> right there, he's, he's good but he's not he's not as good as where you're dropping as somebody who has been super high on Robbie Anderson for the past forever on this podcast, it really hurts me to have to acknowledge that that's correct. Uh, but I'm finally off the Robbie Anderson train, so I can I can be joyous with everybody else now. <laughs> I um I do have one question for you. So you know we've got this outstanding uh, running back class coming up. Um, 
for free agency. So you've got like Alvin Kamara, Joe Mix, like all of these top end running backs, Leonard Fournette, all of these guys are hitting free agency at the same time. Um, is there any risk of a Joe Mixon holdout? I don't know. Dustin, we talked about this a little bit on our running backs mm-hmm. podcast, but you can tell me if I'm crazy. I don't think running backs have to rip to do that anymore i don't think so i think melvin gordon uh proved that to everyone where you know, he he tried to hold out to get more money and it turns out the chargers offered him a lot more than he was uh making now so i i think that just kind of proved the point that running backs are a little bit more disposable uh in in the league and and they're just not as valuable as they used to be when i think you said dumber ones good some of the dumber ones I think none of the running backs who got those big mega second contracts, I don't think any of them were in the playoffs this year. All of them were mm-hmm. really bad. And I think that's yeah. going to hurt guys getting that second contract. Mm-hmm. And it, it maybe it decreases their value so the teams can resign them without a crazy amount of money. But I think these running backs are going to hold such, like, they're going to be so angry about it that they're just going to move teams to move teams instead of being like, you know, you're not getting for cheap. I'll go somewhere else just because to spite you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Especially like if Joe Mixon gets to go to a better team that has better players, you would think you'd want to go. While we're on the topic, can I just ask you guys, is Derek Henry going to get Zeke money? I know we're in the wrong division. No, no. I can't. I can't imagine anybody getting Zeke money right now. Is no he matter. down, though? Because we were very firm. I'm a big fan of Derrick Henry with the Titans. I don't think that there is a team that fits him and that he fits as well as they mesh together. Yep. Their scheme and how they want to run it, uh, I, I love him for that. I don't, I again, it's really hard for me to say that any running back right now, no matter how talented they are, no matter even how they're perceived amongst the league, would be able to get that kind of kind of contract now. But if anybody could, it would probably be him. I don't see it happening. I know they franchised him this year. They're going to run him like they did this last year. I think they're probably going to franchise him again because it'll be a relatively, you know, quote-unquote cheap deal. It's a one-year loan. They'll Does run them. Well, maybe, but I don't think they're going to sign him to a long-term deal for what he thinks he's worth. Uh, right or wrong, you know. I actually just keep him on the franchise tag. He either plays or doesn't. But if Derrick Henry decides not to play, like, your career might be over. Like, you're exactly. You finally had one good year. You're just a power guy. Um, I don't know if other teams are going to want to go pay you a bunch of money. To not every offense works that way. Like, leave mm-hmm. him alone. I can't just see that want to go fast. I mean, Derek Henry is a fast guy, but like, it's just not going to work for a lot of offenses. Mm-hmm. The only other team that I could see really wanting him is probably Seattle. Like, Seattle could make great oh, use of Derek really? Henry, but yeah. they don't do that. They're not the team that goes out and gets those kind of guys, so that's also tough for him. Then. Imagine Derek Henry. No, we're getting if we are taking a so going back to Steelers, if we do take a running back in the second pick, because I'm gonna be real mad if we do, we have too many holes. But if they take Jonathan Taylor, I'll be happy. There's no way Jonathan yeah. Taylor will be happy. Get out of here. That would be a great it fit. Would, everybody <laughs> wants Jonathan Taylor to go to every team. I wish that they could divvy him up into thirty two pieces and just send him everywhere. And honestly. it's really better than all the starting running backs. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that's true. In fact, I think our last week's guest, John Helmkamp, said exactly that. Good. I'm probably sure. Um, I I jokingly, but sort of not, offered Saquon Barkley for the 101 in our Dynasty League with John, who has the 101. Uh, That was like an auto, auto no. I'm sorry. I, and, and we are both Wisconsin guys. We are Wisconsin That's right. through and through. Uh, I love Jonathan Taylor, but not that much. Not like a crazy person. <laughs> I will say the one thing that I will give points to Jonathan Taylor for that I will take away points from Zeke. Zeke takes a lot of plays to break off those Maybe Barkley. Or, you said Zeke. Oh, Barkley. Yeah. Sorry, I've got Zeke brain. <laughs> Everyone to have Zeke brain. It applies to both. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 9% cider. I, I think a team should want Jonathan Taylor on their team more than Barkley, and I think that's what you're saying. But maybe not for fantasy. Maybe not for fantasy. Yeah. What? Like, I think that um, Jonathan Taylor, he moves the sticks. Like, it takes one run. But Saquon Barkley, I do think, is less efficient. You know, his efficiency looks good because he does break off 60-yard runs, but it takes him a few stuffs at the line to get there. And I think that, you know, Jonathan Taylor doesn't really – give you much of that he just he gets you a good solid five six 20 yards on every play and perfect barkley had 200 plus runs 200 plus runs in 2018 at the average two and a half yards a carry which was 2.49 actually and no one in the last two years even came close to being that bad when you took away their uh their big runs their 20 plus runs not not even not even kalen balaj uh, no, he doesn't have any big runs. <laughs> <laughs> he just qualified himself immediately when he said, Hi, my name's Kalen Balaj. He no longer belonged in that conversation. <laughs> no, but so I do think Jonathan Taylor could help a team more than a Barkley. Like, if I, I love Saquon Barkley. I think he's a great talent. I think he's a great weapon in the air. And I think he's fantastic for fantasy. He's a freak athlete. But he actually kills your team. Like, he, he kills them. I mean, if you're going three and out because your running back is getting negative one yards that's not good mm-hmm. all right so yeah, getting, yeah i was say getting back on topic here a lot of direction uh and any last thoughts about the Bengals before we move on here i'm avoiding i'm avoiding and i'm definitely avoiding aj green i don't know how many more times people can fall for it he hasn't been fantasy relevant for years stop trading for aj green and dynasty league stop <laughs> Stop. It's not happening. But even redraft, stop dropping. Stop. A PSA from Ball Blast. Just please stop trading for AJ Green. That's right. Mac Moss is better than Cam Akers. Add us on Twitter at Ball Blast and at Ball Blast. No, please. Just talk to everybody. Don't at me. All right. So let's move on to the Browns here. So their big offense or. 
free agent uh, move here is uh, Austin Hooper. Um, what do you feel about that and with the new coaching staff coming in there? It does, which I'm a big Austin Hooper owner in multiple leagues. Um, he's one of my guys. I loved him, and uh, when I saw him sign with them, that I really just gave out a big sigh because one of the worst places he could have signed to, in my opinion. I wanted to run outside of Dustin's window and hold up a jukebox like they do. John Cusack does in that movie, and I just wanted to let him know that I was thinking of him during this time. <laughs> I think a, a big thing that worries me is that I was listening to a PFF before Austin Hooper even went to the Browns, right? And they were like, Atlanta just uses him so perfectly. He's mm -hmm. one of the worst tight ends against one-on-one -on -one coverage. Like, he doesn't know how to beat coverage. But they put him in the perfect little spaces in the zone. Like, Atlanta knew how to put him perfectly. So unless Cleveland knows how to do that, I think Austin Hooper is pretty much going to just die. And the tight end on the Browns this season with the most targets, I think, was like, 14. <laughs> well, you did have David Njoku injured. Um, but, so you have David Njoku, a former first-round pick, um, hasn't been highly favored by the coaching staff in the last couple of years, but you also now have Kevin Stefanski, who likes to use two tight end mm -hmm. sets. So um, I think that this, honestly, if anything, hurts both of them. Um, Why know, are we so sure that Stefanski likes to use two tight end sets? Because like, he did it, use two tight ends. Okay, that was for one year, and I think it was the situation he was in. It was like, okay, I have this really awesome rookie that I can use, and then I have this vet who's not as good, but, like, we should play him, and, like, we can use him in different ways. Like, I, I think it's more just, like, he didn't want to just put out his Isn't rookie. Isn't that literally the same situation in Cleveland? I don't think he wanted to put out his rookie all the time. Well, no. Not I was going to say, I would agree with Kate on this side of just the one-for-one one of it. It does kind of look like... You know, you have Austin Hooper, who is nothing special, but he can do what he needs to do. So he's the Kyle Rudolph of the situation. Meanwhile, you have the super athletic guy, David Njoku. Yes, you haven't got to see him really play out, which is a bummer. I think for everybody involved, Njoku, believe it or not, it's a bummer. But the, him and Irv Smith do seem a little comparable. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm talking crazy here. Maybe. Maybe it's the drinks. Demarius, Demetrius Harris, sorry. And I know it was a different coaching staff so everything could change but it's still Baker right like does Baker prefer to throw to his tight ends or not and I think that does play into it 27 targets he led the tight ends 27 the one thing that 15, I do 15 receptions 27 targets 15 receptions that was the top tight end the next one came in at 10 targets 5 receptions that was David and Joku Again, this was just a hypothetical. Uh, you, we can 
have the listeners write in, and if they do share a league with you, then we can have them orchestrate that. I did try to get Landry from you today, and you laughed at me. Um, I am actually, despite the fact that I, I ditched my trade earlier that I was offered, it's just too much for Odell. But Odell Beckham, like, I, I love him. She's really on the Odell Beckham. Oh, my God. I'm driving that train so hard, and we may crash. I don't know how to drive a train, but like we are, we are, we are primed for a good season. You know, everybody says like, oh yeah, it's always one excuse. You know, he's not healthy. He switched teams. I was like, yeah, those are legitimate excuses for a lack of production. And when we're looking at lack of production, a lack of production for Odell is eight thousand yard season. Mm-hmm. I will say, I, I, I after this last season, I was a little bit down on Odell. And then realizing that he played, literally played through the whole season injured, didn't miss a game, you know, still put up the season that he had, considering the offensive scheme they were working in, uh, it made me reevaluate my position on him. And and because I was pretty down on him, uh, but but now you know when I go into this next season, especially for uh, uh, redraft purposes, um, I'll probably have him fairly high and in, in my projections. And the fact that Jarvis Landry might not play a full season, like that just sort of plays into Odell Beckham's hands. Like it wasn't really a targets issue last year, but regardless, the more targets, the better. I think we need to all remember. So last off season, we were, we said like, do not draft OBJ. It's going to take a year for them to start making that connection. Like it normally takes a little bit of time for a wide receiver to really get in the groove with this new team and this new quarterback. So we're like, just like, this is not the year to draft him. I, we need to remember we said that, though, because now I feel like he had his bad year, like we said, and now I'm off of him. But no, we said he will, he'll be better in 2020, and I need to remember that and get the grossness out of my head. Well, and I think you also take into account the fact that this is not just like a, a quarterback who's experienced, like an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees. You're talking about Baker Mayfield, who had a pretty good second half of his rookie season broke the rookie touchdown record did really well but like it's also like it's his second year in the nfl like he's not going to be the 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 crutch that you want to lean on when you are transitioning offenses and making such a big Mm -hmm. adjustment like he's not gonna I, i don't think he's in that position yet to be that sort of leader to make those strides mm-hmm. well he's in his third coaching staff in three years i mean that's that's going to be tough for anyone i don't care who you are you know and that that's a big adjustment for anyone and the offense as a whole so I so i i want to ruin him as a brown i think if he could have had a like stable coaching situation i think freddie kitchens was a really good oc mm-hmm. and it, it just it was too much too soon every time you looked at him he looked like a deer in the headlights about to get hit well and like, i feel like they had a little bit too much of that uh that that dream team of the 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 eagles a couple years ago where they had all the stars come in you know they they had a lot of momentum going they felt really really good about what they were doing and it just all didn't gel like they thought it was going to where maybe now this is the year they've they've been humbled a little bit they're going to go in and work apparently you know, Baker has been working out in his garage and 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 uh, working on his guns. So um, uh, maybe he's actually putting in the work now, and you know, it'll be a different season this year. If I see him a workout video on YouTube 
where I have the Tiger is legitimately playing in the background, yeah, he'll be a top three quarterback for me this year, obviously. <laughs> obviously, that's the way that I would go with that. I have um, two real questions for you guys, right? Like, when did the Browns get so many awesome fantasy assets on their team? Don't even answer that. I was just thinking that. And then B, Gary Barnage. So think about all of us oh. right now. And maybe you guys aren't going through this, but I've definitely put on weight, right, since this quarantine. And like, you try to, like, go for runs or do things or do stupid stuff, but it's not the same as going to actual gym or your actual workout classes. Like, you're never going to have the same motivation, right? These guys can't go to the gym anymore. Are they going to lose get out of shape a little bit like just a little bit where people are slower and but quarterbacks and wide receivers have not slowed down their workouts we have seen that on instagram yeah, all week i just say you think it'd be slower in 2020 where we're like what is happening i don't know i feel like as an nfl player that if you can't afford a thousand dollars worth of uh, workout equipment to put in your garage or something there's something going on there you have your priorities wrong you know, you, you, Amazon will deliver in two days. You're fine. You know, you can get pretty much anything you want. <laughs> it's the same type of workouts, though. Like, they're missing, they're going to miss OTAs, maybe a well, training. All right, that is fair. But as far as, like, just the physical, like, strength training, keeping your strength up, um, you can still do cardio. You, I, you know what OTAs are and, and what the workouts are supposed to be. Um, is it going to be exactly the same? No. But I feel like NFL players... You know that's their job. They should be able to come in ready to go and do their do their work. Um, you know we haven't seen that obviously, um, i.e. Eddie Lacy. But uh, <laughs> but um, you know it, it, I think this will really show who the uh, this whole time will show who the true professionals are out there on the teams and who just kind of takes it for granted that they're uh, you know elite talents, quote unquote. <laughs> I feel like I'm the Eddie Lacy of this quarantine. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> don't say that about yourself. Don't you ever. I'm the a hundred and fifteen pounds, and then I show up like seven hundred fifty pounds. You're gonna see me on my six hundred pound life in like uh, next season. Can we talk about these running backs yet? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. No, actually we Would you love to? Let's do that then. All right, Michelle, tell us about the Browns running back. <laughs> Can we talk about them? It's your show. Please. Oh, please, please do. Yes. Your yes. yes. thoughts about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So my thoughts about Nick Chubb is he will not be on a single one of my team moves. It's not because I don't think he's insanely talented. I do. Uh, but he's still going to go way too high. And the, the, his splits with and without Kareem Hunt were massive. He was on pace for 1,382 rushing yards. That's pretty good. With Hunt. He was on pace for 1,604 yards without Hunt. Everything you look at was massively different. He, Without Hunt there, he was on pace to score 315 PPR fantasy points. With Hunt, 208. 315 to 208. Like, that's a massive difference. 15 rank in PPR. I don't know, but the biggest thing, I think, were the targets. He was on pace for 64 targets without Hunt, 36 targets with Hunt. Everything mm-hmm. is just getting chopped down massively. I love Kareem Hunt. As soon as he got there in week 10, he scored over, nearly over 12 PPR points in one, two, three, four, five, six straight games. Did you say 317? Yeah. That is the running back two in PPR. Well, Nick Chubb is awesome until, I don't know. Remember how good Nick Chubb was at the beginning of the season until Kareem Hunt? Incredible. 
Yeah, incredible. I say Kareem Hunt was an auto start. Everybody's still valuing him up there. Everybody still looks at Nick Chubb, who has him. At least in our league, I know that's true. Um, Where it's you value him as a top three guy still, and so it's impossible to try and go out and trade for him because nobody's valuing him as a RB ten, which is still very respectable, and you still want on your team. But I'm not going to pay RB two price for an RB ten. And twelve. The, the fantasy points that he was projected for was Kareem Hunt. And I know it's, it's, it's straight up eight games, eight games, 208. That's just above James White this year. And what if no. I remember running back 18? Oh, no. Oh, no, sorry. But I love James White, but again, I ain't paying that price for James White. No, yeah. It's just like people still think of him as a top tier fantasy asset right there with Zeke and Kamara. And it's just like he's not with Kareem Hunt there. Well, I think that's by your love for the player and the talent. Like, Nick Chubb, hella talented. He looks Mm -hmm. like a monster. Like, he runs like no other, but, dude. Kareem Hunt is also equally as talented. Mm -hmm. So when you have two RB1s on your team, obviously it's going to be split a little bit more equally. Um, I know I held out. I had Kareem Hunt on one of my dynasty rosters, and people tried to get him off me, and uh, I wasn't willing to sell low on him because uh, I knew the talent was there. And then when he came back that second half of the season last year, he was just an auto start every single week. Uh, easy flex play. Like, easy flex play. He was going to score over 12 points mm-hmm. for you. Absolutely. And I just don't see that changing with Stefanski either. I mean, they love to run the ball. They love to u- utilize their running backs. And I just don't see that split really changing a whole lot this upcoming season. And if, a, you know, if the Browns had Kareem Hunt to begin with, right, would they ever be looking for a chop? So I think we have to remember how good Kareem Hunt was with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. He was a top three running back in this league. He was amazing. And he did something insanely stupid, and it got him picked out. And now he's with a team that now they have two great, great running backs, but one is dynamic in the passing game, and he's just going to be on the field a little bit more. Actually, by week 12 through 17, Kareem Hunt played more offensive snaps than Nick Chubb did. Weeks 12 through 17. The only thing with Stefanski is, like, is he going to utilize two running backs as much as they did last year? And is it slightly possible that Kareem Hunt is just a little bit more well-rounded the Nick Chubb, where he eats into those snaps even more, it's something to consider, and that's why I am actually going after Hunt a lot more than I'd be going after Chubb. Just on the off chance that, you know, he is kind of the passing downs guy or was last year. Nothing. Nick Chubb is fine. He's yeah. fine at that, but Kareem Hunt excels at that. So you have to wonder. I don't know. If you're going to compare one to Delvin Cook, it's it's Kareem Hunt. Like he has more of that skill set where Stefanski might want to use than Chubb does. Now I don't. Chubb is too good to just get away from him altogether. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still going to have fantasy value. It's just like I cannot imagine dropping him in the first two rounds. Like, I, and maybe at the end of the second round, maybe that's decent value. But if he falls to like the top of the third, sure, I'll, I'll take Nick Chubb. But he's not worth a top eight running back pick right now, and, he, and that's where he's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I happen to agree with you there. There, have you not agreed with us the whole time? <laughs> oh, oh, I agreed with most of what you've said so far. Zero point eight percent. I think what was going right was. Also, so if there's anything you don't agree with me on, you can yell at me for it. It's okay. I can handle it. <laughs> All right. I never do that. 
would never do that to a, a guest. Of I course would do not. That to Dustin constantly, and I have, and I will. But no. Yeah, do we want to talk about the creme de la creme that we that up. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to talk about the creme de la creme that we've saved until this very end here? The raven. I won't. I won't say the best for last because that would just be rude. Um, but but we'll we'll say the the top of the division for this past season, uh, the Ravens. Um. So the Ravens are great. The Ravens. End of end of end of podcast. <laughs> yeah, like, I the, the Ravens are considered like when if you're going to ask the Steelers fan like what's your biggest rival, and it's not just because the Ravens have been good the last couple of years with Lamar Jackson. It's just they're always right there with us. Like it always happens. I don't consider like I love the Browns. I root for them actually. We, we named our dog Baker. Love the Browns. Love Baker Mayfield. Bengals. Bengals. I don't like them. I, I don't like the Bengals, but I've never been threatened by them. I mean, please, we're always gonna be their assets. And then the Ravens <laughs> normally one team wins, and then one team wins. It's always split, um, and then it always comes down to us. One of us being a wild card team and one of us not and it's so stressful and I hate them and now they have Lamar Jackson and I wanted to hate Lamar Jackson so hard like I tried so hard the last offseason I didn't know can I just say I didn't need to try hard like when I go back and look at the same film that I watched last season I still come up with the same result I wouldn't have expected him to be an efficient passer this year like I, I based on what I saw I still can't even knowing what he did, there's no, there's nothing I see in that film that tells me that. It's not 2018. It's 2019. It's amazing. Oh yeah, sorry, 2018. There's nothing that I see in 2018 that I would have said translated directly into the monster of efficiency that we saw this year. Like that step forward he took was stupid. It was mm-hmm. stupid. It wasn't fair. It wasn't fair for any of us. No, it was. She had to deal with Gardner. Not Gardner. I wish that's what we had to deal with. We had to deal with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, and then the Ravens quarterback that was supposed to, you know, keep sucking it up through the air at least, but he could only run on the ground. Then all of a sudden he was amazing. That's not fair. And he was one of the most fun quarterbacks to watch. He has the best personality. Like, I want to hate you. And he doesn't allow it because he's like, you can't hate watching him. He's so much fun. Mm-hmm. And why can't he at least be an ass? Like, why can't he? Just... <laughs> There's Steelers fans everywhere. Lamar, why can't you just be more of a dick? Like, it would make it so much easier on everybody like else. Tom Brady, like, you want to hate Tom Brady, and then, like, you see an interview with him, and you're like, oh, he's kind of a rational guy. Yeah. No, I still find it very easy to hate Tom Brady. I'm just going to say it. It's it's maybe the easiest thing in my life still to this day. <laughs> um, but the interesting about Ravens is that like the Chiefs, they haven't really had to change anything this offseason, nor do I anticipate that they will in this short amount of time here. So they're basically staying the same. The backfield is going to stay the same. The core guys are going to stay the same. Well, they traded one of their eight tight ends, though. <gasps> That's true. Hayden Hurst is finally out of the picture and, and ready to thrive in Atlanta and let, uh, let Mark Andrews shine. But aside from that, it's basically staying the same. But does there does that efficiency that you were talking about does that also stay the same? I from worry. my perspective, I thought it was a bit a tiny bit fluky. No, it's not that we just worry. It's it's not staying the same. I mean, it's like what we said last season with Patrick Mahomes. Like Patrick, Patrick Mahomes didn't have a seven percent touchdown rate, and we were all on the board. It uh, was like nine, but hold on. So okay. the nine percent, and then it went down. But, 
But anyways, I was going to say, this is what we were saying about Patrick Mahomes last year. Like, he can still be the quarterback one, but those stats are going to come down. He's not throwing 50 touchdowns. Like, it's not happening. And that's the same thing with Lamar Jackson next year. Like, with the amount of attempts he had, 400 attempts, passing attempts, he's not throwing 36 touchdowns. It's not happening. That was a 9.0 touchdown percentage. That never, ever, 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 ever stays the same. He's going to go back down to six if he's lucky. And I don't even know what that is. I'm going to actually. But that's that. still really good, though. Yeah, it is. So, well, 400 attempts times 0.06 and put him at 24 passing touchdowns. Now, it doesn't really matter because his rushing ability is what matters. So he's still going. I actually already did this, and he still would have been the quarterback one. You could have took away all those touchdowns. He's still the quarterback one. It's just it's not that massive gap. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think he's worth um, his draft price. But he's and I'm going to be the guy to say this, and it sounds stupid even as it comes out of my mouth, but is there a chance that there's RG3-like regression or late-stage Michael Vick regression in the rushing stats? I can't bank on another 1,000-yard rushing season for Lamar Jackson. I, I just can't. It's very much within his range of possibilities and of outcomes, but like I, I try and picture it, and there's just no way that I can picture it. Well, I think that the thing that, you know, when we're considering – um, just natural regression. You know, obviously, I feel like if there's one quarterback that you're watching tape on for the upcoming season, as a coach, you are watching Lamar Jackson because there has got to be a way to shut them down. There's got to be a way to contain that man, and it's it's not going to be easy because he's an athletic freak. But, you know, the way that the Chargers did when they, they played the uh, Ravens in the playoffs, was that 2018? Um, the way that they played them, like they shut him down. And you can look at the end of the stat line and say like, oh, Lamar had a decent game. If you watched that game, you saw that he was completely shut down for the entire first half. All of his stat line was garbage. It was garbage time. They were, uh, I think they got a little too relaxed, made it too close of a game, but it, you know, it, it worked. What they, I think they have like eight, six quarterbacks on the field at a time like it was a very mm-hmm. weird scheme but they they enacted this scheme specifically for Lamar Jackson and I think you're going to have teams I, doing that I feel like we said that though after the 2018 playoffs we were all like okay the Chargers found the key right and then no one found the key I'm not saying that's the key yeah, but I'm I think saying you have to have the uh, right skill set on defense and the, enough of fast insanely fast linebackers to stop Lamar Jackson and people just don't have them even in the game where you know the Ravens sucked right and they couldn't win in the playoffs this year against Tennessee he had 143 rushing yards <laughs> that is more ridiculous than it's just like I don't know if I don't know but what were you gonna say um I I just think that you know definitely even if he is the quarterback one which you know there's a very real possibility that he is um even if he is the quarterback one the the price is just going to be too high mm-hmm. unless you're in a super flex league even if you're in a single quarterback dynasty league not worth it to me to draft him with the fifth overall pick or wherever you're going to take him um i just don't don't think he's going to give you enough of that gap that you know he gave you this year in return for all of your money he's not going to be on any of my rosters this year 
and it's so, exactly Patrick Mahomes from a year ago. Mm-hmm. It's, it's exactly that of, am I really going to draft this guy? Number, not just number one overall, but like you said, like top five pick in any of the scenarios. And no, I'm not because there's guys like Kyler Murray and guys like Russell Wilson and guys like Dak Prescott that you can get, even though some of those guys will still be higher priced than I want them to be. There's always options at the tail end for quarterbacks because quarterback position notoriously has that fluctuation to it. And you can get guys that will have six top five weeks for you that won't finish as a top five guy but yeah I'd still rather chance that than pay up for Lamar um, mm-hmm. is there anybody on this team outside of Lamar for just a receiver that you actually Mark Andrews I'm interested in outside of that I'm interested in nobody do you guys have anybody that you're interested in I think Mark Andrews is probably the second tight end like I think it goes Kip, or not Kittle sorry Kelsey, then Andrews, and then I would put Kittle. But I think there's actually a gap there even between Kelsey, Andrews, and Kittle. And Kittle disappears a lot. Mark Andrews played less than 45 or 48% of offensive snaps this year and was absolutely amazing for fantasy. You get him up there in the 60, 70 range without Hayden Hurst, and I don't even know what he can do. It's, it's just Lamar's guy. It's all he wants to pass to. Yeah, I think he's, he's the elite there. Um, a guy that I do think uh, could be of some value in dynasty leagues uh, for a win now team is Mark and or not Mark Andrews he would help uh, but Mark Ingram he I do think we're bound to see some regression for Mark Ingram this year because he was super he was a super efficient runner and that was even without like a brush targets like he was super efficient he got a lot of touchdowns he did. Uh, everything he could do but I think we'll see some regression in that department but I mean in terms of a dynasty league he's a good buy now candidate because if you're in a position to win a championship you know they're going to be running the ball like absolute madness I also like Hollywood Brown I think he can be the next Tyreek Hill type in this league oh my god that's there's no wide receivers there. There's no wide receivers there for competition, right? For targets. Um, Which is great because Lamar Jackson doesn't use. He that. needs one play to break off. He was unhealthy all year long, really. Like he wasn't a fully healthy rookie. I think his talent is there, and maybe he'll be inconsistent. Um, but maybe not as consistent as Tyreek Hill is. I mean, he's been pretty inconsistent though, game by game. At least when he was with Alex Smith, anyways. Um, but. I, I, I like Hollywood Brown, and I think he's going deep enough that it's not risky. Like, he's not going early. He's one of those guys that you can get much, much later than the DKs and the AJ Browns and the Debo Samuel for some reason is going early. I would much rather have Hollywood Brown than Debo. Ooh. Uh, Dustin is our resident Debo uh, fan club over here. Love him. He was really hoping to be able to get him cheap this, this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as we talked about last week, the the playoffs this year really screwed me on that uh, move. So I'm going to be out on Debo at his price. So maybe I should look at uh, Hollywood there instead. I really like Hollywood. And what I want to bring up about Lamar going back is, so I look at Cam Newman, and he never got close to 1,200, right? So, like, who do we compare him to? And maybe it's Michael Vick. I think that would be Michael Vick. But Michael Vick also never got close to Lamar Jackson's number. But he did get, okay, 1,039 yards one year um he had 902 two yards one year too but in between their 597 676 589 like 
is he double Michael Vick? And if he starts throwing more, then obviously the rushing has to go down. Or is he always going to be that 400 passing attempt guy and going off for 1,200 yards? Ooh, I don't know. I don't ever want to doubt Lamar. But what you're, what you're pointing out is inconsistency. 777, uh, 255. Well, <laughs> 
uh, prior to taking my quarterback if I can, if I had to pick between those two. So, And Russell is just very consistent. He's underrated every single season. He's got DK now. He came on really hard last year. You got Tyler Lockett. You got Greg Olson and the other, like, three tight ends on their team. Uh, I, I, I really – I would choose Russell hands down every time. So this is my question for you, Jake, then, because you just brought up that question thinking, like, Lamar – I feel like you think Lamar is the answer. And maybe it is. But this is the difference between the two, right? Like, so Russell Wilson and I just got in a super flex league at the 2-3 turn, right? So let's say the 301 because that's where I actually took him. So you can either get CMC or Barkley, right, in the first round instead of Lamar. And you take CMC and uh, Russell Wilson. Or you can have Lamar. Who are you getting there? Eckler? Like, who are you getting at the 301 at a running back spot? Like, which duo? That would be a Fournette type of guy, potentially, that could be there, which is great for a short term. So let's say Fournette and Lamar or CMC and Wilson. What would you rather have? It's CMC Wilson. I I have a personal (laughs) vendetta against Russell Wilson. Uh, I have for the longest time ever since the foul Mary and his stupid ridiculous commercials where he talked about his talent and it was just I have a like a personal vengeance which is even weirder because Kate I traded with you to get Russell Wilson and he's sitting there on my team and I I just went to your roster because I was like I swear he owns him and I'm about to go buy him from you but I I like don't even don't don't I won't. I, I, my lips are sealed. I won't talk about that trade. That's a trade that shamed me. You're a Seahawks lover. I, I, I'm gross. <laughs> oh, I'm so gross. I hate it. I love Russell Wilson. Like, he is my favorite NFL quarterback. I love watching the dude play. I love his character. Um, he like he's just a good dude. Like, how do you how do you hate Russell Wilson? Okay, let let's be fair here. He played for Wisconsin for one year, so we are very intimate with what Russell did. He took us almost to the very championship. Like like that season for Wisconsin was magical. Love that he came here. It's the fact that he screwed over our Packers for multiple seasons that you just can't get over that sort of just let down multiple times things too hard it's things too hard we don't forgive easily here Jake, uh, Jake, Jake, i'll give you tyler murray for your wilson and obj shut up get out of here <laughs> shut your face. You know, i was all excited i was on the edge of my seat i was like oh maybe we're gonna make a trade live on air you know what you just did you offered me a me trade and that's disrespectful <laughs> in 2021 first no, no, not happening. I'm shutting down trade offers for Russell Wilson right here and now. I'm going to wait and, and let him suffer on my on my roster okay, for another month. Yeah, let's talk after this. You'll never do that. Joking, because that's what that's how he got Russell Wilson. Wait, you guys did a straight up trade? No, it was not it, it was the furthest thing from straight up. But again, I, I won't talk about it. I will respect the code, and I won't talk about that magnificent trade that got me just Magnificent trade. Before for... we end, can I tell Dustin about my trade last night that I did that makes me want to cry and that cut me off? Oh, drunk trade. Oh, yeah. Well, we're all about the drunk so trades the drunk here, trade so yes. Of the, of the show. Let's do it. 
it's drunk it's Um, drunk and it's gross it's my worst trade i i think i've done since starting dynasty right like Um, you make really bad trades for your first couple years of dynasty but i think overall in the last three years i've gotten much much better especially over the last like 12 months and then i get drunk last night and i just feel like trading Okay, I traded away Ezekiel Elliott for Le'Veon Bell, the 201, and a 2021 first. But, like, that's all garbage. I mean, it's, it, it can be great, but Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott is a top five running back in this league, and I just oh, threw him away man. for Le'Veon Bell, who's 28 years old. A 201, I better hit it. Like, I better hit it. <laughs> I cannot hit it. And a 2021 first where who knows if that person, like, if they're a 101, fantastic. But right. Oh, that's terrible. So rate it on our scale, Dustin. How many shots of tequila in did this have to be to make this trade happen? Oh, that's got to be like a four or fiver. That, that that's multiple like shots there. Back to back to back to back. And oh yeah. More for it to kick in. Yep. Through a straw, like just just sucking it up through a straw. Five. You just dipping it into a giant like pint glass of tequila. <laughs> she right into it afterwards. She clicked accept and she's like. You're gonna hate the choice. <laughs> <laughs> like, what could you have possibly done? She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to tell Kate because she's gonna talk me out of it. I want to make a bad decision tonight. I want to make it my bad decision. <laughs> yeah, and I should have told her. Hey, nobody tell me what to do. I should have been like, Michelle, you're being stupid. Like, just leave it off. And. Yeah, but at least I, I, I feel like I made up my trade, and maybe people won't see it that way because it's a it's a big risk. But then I went this morning, I traded with Jake. I traded away Le'Veon Bell because that turd cannot be on my team. I traded away Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> turd, who are you? Uh, Rex Ryan? Yeah. No. Mm. I traded away Le'Veon Bell for uh, Daryl Henderson. Well, yeah, we talked about this before we started recording tonight. And... <laughs> yeah, I let him know as soon as I got on with him. Or Daryl Henderson straight up. Yeah. And I, I, I am all on Jake's side here with the Love Bell side. I think he's got the higher ceiling. That's fine. For Michelle and I are going to need to know. That's fine. <laughs> he has a higher ceiling for this year, right? But if he, if he fails miserably again this year, like he is already 28. Like you lost all value forever selling him again if you hold on to him this year and he does bad it's like Devonta Freeman last year you could sell him last year still um but hopefully everyone got rid of him because now he has literally zero value um so I kind of got I if I'm going to sell Zeke I need to go young and that's kind of what I did with my 201 and 2021 first I want a chance there with a 22 year old running back that has a chance at the starting job and he, he will be well, he has a I chance at it but one. there's been no no guarantees that he's the guy I mean, you've you've got um, Malcolm Brown, and I I just I don't know. I I, the the opportunities that he had uh, last year, he didn't really show out. He had thirty runs. I mean, what do you want him to do? Why did he have thirty runs? Because it was a bad pass. Because you're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm calling it right now and here. This is the thing that actually makes you guys divorce. It's not any other thing. It's this right here and now. It's you trading for zero hands. I can't deal with this. Guys, so I love how every rookie is going to steal everyone's job. Like, where are they going to take a running back again? Like, they have a million and one holes. They have no money, so they can't buy one. And they have no first-round pick. They're going to spend 
their top round pick, their second rounder, on a running back when they just traded up last year to get a running back? Probably not. So again, our best case scenario is a third round running back. Why is he taking Daryl Henderson's job? Like, I, I think we need to like relax about the rookies. I, I never said he, there was going to be a rookie. Yeah. What if, what if uh, Devonta Freeman signs with them? With what money? They have, like, no money. Yeah, but he only costs a hot dog. Yeah, they haven't even paid their players. This is true. <laughs> you don't get mad Todd Gurley to go sign Devonta Freeman. Why, why in the world? Have you that? seen them? Have you seen Todd Gurley and Clay Matthews both boast that the Rams owe them money? Yeah. I think it's because they have too many um, initials after their name. And for every initial that you have after your name, you actually have to wait a month for your paycheck. <laughs> and not a lot of people know that because they don't read the CBA close enough. But people need to hear about that. All of you seconds and thirds out there, I'm talking to you, Will Fuller. You're going to be waiting <laughs> extra long for your paycheck. Just know that. Know that now. Um, no, it's it's. I think it's like a 65-35 split there in that backfield. Daryl Henderson leading it, and Malcolm Brown. They do like Malcolm Brown. He's not going to be the guy. I don't have any idea of that being a thing. But I think they work him in there. And I, I think Henderson has the most upside of that trade. I'll be honest. But I was really happy to get that trade and to click accept on on getting Love Bell. <laughs> I was pretty pumped. I actually made me feel way better about my trade that I did that. So. Uh, <laughs> But we were supposed to be on a live feed um, a little bit ago, so we should. Let's do it. Yeah, let's get you guys out of here. Thank you guys so much. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, do you want to? second drunk um, We talk way too much, so yeah, that's one hundred percent all our fault. All we do is talk over each other mostly. Um, but no, we had so much fun. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Oh no, thank you for being on. Any last things you want to plug before you uh, head out here? Uh, check out this girl on Roto World. She kills it over there. She writes an article every Tuesday night, so that means it drops on Wednesday morning. You can go check her out, uh, rotoworld.com. Thank you. Awesome. Kate, Michelle, thank you guys so much. Yeah, for thank you so much for being on. It was awesome having you on the podcast. Thanks, Thanks guys. Go uh, get live. All right. Have a good night. Bye. Well, we had another great episode this week, so you can find the podcast at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter, and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge, as is my name. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, Eppifers.